How is everyone doing? This is episode 36 of Sit Down with Sniper. And today we have someone who I feel has been in the space for a long time, someone who is an amazing woman, and she goes by Swicky. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing good. So, you know, I've seen you in the space before I got into it, and I was part of you know, the the X marks to drop. And we'll talk about that with Kiki the Ape. I've seen NFT BA. I've seen so many things through this space that you've done. We have mutual friends. So I'm really happy to jump into what you've been doing, what you're doing currently, and how you got into the space. So to, I guess to start it all off, how long have you been into crypto? Um, I haven't been into crypto long. I joined nfts which you know exposed me actually to crypto on my own um in march of 2021 um my partner was already like into crypto and doing his own thing but i just like really didn't (laughs) want to like get into it because i i was like oh i don't know like that feels kind of like you know gambling away money and i'm not sure that i'm ready for that (laughs) and then i just like jumped into top shot and i'm like well here we are. <laughs> I'm totally gambling money. Uh, and so it just kind of like, honestly happened in such a weird way. Um, I have a Coachella group of people that we always go to and we roll pretty deep when we go to Coachella and um, they know that I'm really into the NBA. And a couple of them, like two days before the rare pack drop in March, were like, hey, like, do you know anything about NBA Top Shot? Do you want to join? I was like, I don't know. So they were texting me like five minutes before the queue opened. And um, I was like, you know what? Why not? Like it's, I think it was only like 50 bucks or 20 bucks or something like that. And I was like, all right, well, I'll try it. So then I hit a rare Bradley Beal. (laughs) And uh, it was like, I think it was even might've been like a low cereal. And uh, I just was hooked after that. So I created like a Twitter. And by the way, I've been on Twitter for like, 14 years or something crazy like that on my um, personal account. So um, I created a new Twitter strictly for the purpose of like joining um, the giveaways. (laughs) And it was really fun back then because back then you really could like, you know, win pretty cool stuff and everybody was just really welcoming. Um, I had a really great time with that. So, you know, as a couple months went by, I started getting pretty comfortable and I got a Z horse. Um, so I raced that. I, it was like a $200 starter horse from Doofy. Do you remember Doofy? Yes, I do. Yeah, yes, right? I do. So, <laughs> so he was like in his phase where he was like, you know what? I want to like onboard a bunch of people and I've got all these horses. And honest to God, that horse still gets like really pretty good offers to this day because his grandparents are like such great racers, but he's a shit racer. <laughs> and of course, Doofy na- names all of his horses like weird shit. Like mine was Dixie wrecked. (laughs) (laughs) So my first horse is like this vulgar, horrible name that my partner is like, why would they name the horse? I'm like, I don't know, but it's funny. (laughs) Um, so yeah, it was a really good time. And then, um, through that, a couple of people that I befriended had the top shot seals discord, which I don't know if you remember that. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so I befriended like Girl Dad, you know, Deconomist, like all of these uh, top shot players who like I at the time just had no idea like what I was getting into. Um, and then the Discord 
started buying board apes. And so I'm like in this phase of my life where like my actual personal life is like kind of like going through a thing. And I'm like at my newly found biological sister's home in the middle of the night and I'm getting pinged to like buy this BAYC. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, I don't know, 200, 250 bucks. That's a lot of money for, a, for an ape a picture of an ape, like, what is this going to do for me type thing? <laughs> so I thought about it. My friend's like, you know what? It's a uh, Laborde James is the one who really was like, you need to do this. I remember Just him. do it. Just do it. So I was like, all right. Like I bought the ape. And then, you know, at the time, like the FOMO, the clicking down of like the countdown of like how many are left. And I'm like, oh, I got to get a couple more than if like everybody's trying to get them tonight. I didn't even make it like it just sold out literally like right after I got my first board ape. So um, it was pretty interesting because that was a Saturday, I think, or Friday. And um, I told my new biological sister about it. <laughs> and uh, she and I kind of like bonded over that little moment. And then um, on my way to the airport, I guess it was Sunday, I heard the clubhouse and listening to the clubhouse, I, first of all, like really never listened to clubhouses because I just thought they were like major circle jerks. <laughs> um, but I could tell that they were really into this project and there was something really different about them, um, more different than all the rest of the people who are doing projects in the space at the time. So I don't know, it was just kind of like it caught my attention and I thought it was super fun that they were giving people IP rights and I just kind of ran with it. I love that. <laughs> so that's how that all started. I, yeah. I, for one, am so jealous. Everyone that has gotten, I would say 90% of the people that have been on this podcast, including the economists, because I'm pretty sure that's economists now who works over at uh, Pixel Vault. And Yes. Yes. Great guy. And everyone says how they started at Top Shot, started at Top Shot. Myself, I started at Top Shot. And I always thought I was a little early to NFT Twitter, but I missed the clubhouse days. So I started uh, I started yeah. with a Z horse and thought to myself, what the hell is a board ape going to do? Like, that's not I can't race <laughs> this board ape. Like, it's not going right. to get me past. It. So I actually did miss the ape train and it was so devastating. Literally everything I did incorrect, you did correct. And it's so funny. I started Top Shot, tried to go from there, transition into NFTs, and it worked, but totally missed the the good BAYC era. Got myself a nice Zed horse, and I was in there forever. Uh, and it was super fun. But back then, I mean, you could do giveaways, and I wouldn't have to worry about if the person was going to drain my wallet if they're sending me a horse or a Top Shot moment. And there for a while, Top Shot was booming i'll never forget the day that all my friends i was like yo bro you know we all like basketball you know we're young 20s like yo man let's let's hop into this like get a couple packs like they're cheap and this is at the time like i think the first round of like really rare ones had already sold out but everyone was hopping on the trend and all my friends got like commons we all got commons nothing crazy and they were like bro i'm done with this like can i just send you my moments and I was like, I mean, yeah, I really like it. I mean, it's fun because I collect cards. And so I kind of just looked at it like that. And whenever they sent me all their moments, I think the next day is whenever they did 
all the commons to like legendary or something like where they like capped them or something like that. Oh man, the prices went up on every single cards that you were getting for a dollar or three dollars or four dollars or five. My friends were sick. They were like, "Yo, you think you could send me that LeBron James back?" By the ch- by the way, that's like two hundred dollars right now. I was like, "Yeah, it's gone." <laughs> I just funded my whole You're NFT like, career. You cannot. Yeah, yeah, and I mean the <laughs> Kevin Durant were going for crazy money. I remember that's when he was at Brooklyn. Um, it was a really yeah. super fun time, but so many people started there, and I know you had a lot of success with it. Now we jump over to BAYC, and you got your one. Um, now it's funny that we mentioned Economist because he's now at Pixel Vault. Now I'm trying to think of how mm-hmm. it went correctly. I I'm not in the BAYC community, so did they run a poll for who could be on these covers coming up, or how were the people picked to be on the covers? I never really quite understood that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, Pixel Vault. So the the ape that I minted is not the ape that got oh. into um, the Pixel Vault final rounds. Because what happened was that actually, Deconomist Girl Dad and I and Labor James and just like a bunch of other people, we all bought um, land and sandbox. So we were known back then as like real estates, right? And, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we thought it would be really fun. And you know, like I think Ding has a like an entire plot behind us and and then BAYC ended up buying like the place across the street type thing. So I feel like there was just like a lot of momentum happening and um I I was in a bunch of different discords including Ghosts and I had been in Ghosts for probably as long as it was open, um maybe a couple weeks after, but I was really close with Franklin at the time. <laughs> um, and, you know, he's still my guy. Like, I always call him Kiki's, uh, you know, her first dad or we co-parent. <laughs> um, so it's funny because he knew that I was shopping around for a lady ape. And he was like, well, I have a bunch. Just, like, look through and see, like, see if you like anything. So I saw Kiki and right away I was like, I love her. She's clean. She's got the bone necklace, the pink hair, like... She just looked so cute, and I was like, on top of it, I think I could win Pixel Vault, like, (laughs) contest with her. So what happened was that Pixel Vault had a bracket, just like sports, and they basically started with so many apes and then, you know, came down to 64, you know, did the whole, like, division down exponential. So um, it was an interesting time because... There were a lot of like, you know, political dynamics and like gender dynamics at play. Like there were people who, you know, would like like message me and be like, oh, hey, the guy that's, you know, opposing you right now, like he's trying to pay people to like, you know, uh, vote for him. And I'm like, well, it's not illegal. Like there's nothing that I could do about it. <laughs> like you could just not do it, you know? Um, but what is even funnier is the very last round that I was in, um, he messaged me and he was like, for the sake of, uh, women's equality, I'm going to bow out of the race, except I was already winning. (laughs) And so I was like, oh, this is interesting because he was like, you know, there's a lot of my male eight friends out there who are just... (laughs) making me sick to my stomach. They're telling me that I shouldn't let this go, That, but I'm going to bow out. And I said, I would really like you to stay in the race. Right. <laughs> let me beat you fair and square. And actually what happened is like, nobody really paid attention. He wrote this like long thread about it. Right. <laughs> and um, 
like in writing this thread, all of my friends were like, just ignore it. Like, don't even give it any likes or any time of day or anything like that. And he never got really much engagement out of it. And then my friends made sure, like, because they're streamers, like Jen Sudo, Steph Sudo, they were like, we're not just going to win. We're going to bury him. (laughs) I've actually never told that story before. So that's funny. But um, yeah, we won by a landslide and I was really proud of myself. But I think what's fun about Kiki is I think that she actually means much more to people than you know, the outsider would think like if you really weren't in this world or weren't paying attention or even a friend of mine, I think it would be really easy to gloss over Kiki because it's just like, oh, just another eight making merch, just another eight doing this. But actually, like, I think Kiki really symbolized something during that time because of that experience, you know, because there aren't very many women owned female apes out there that, um, especially at the time that would really were willing to put themselves out there because it was a tough, it was tough in the Twitter streets back then, oh, yes, it was. <laughs> you know, or, yeah, I mean, it's tough now too, in a different way, but back then there weren't a lot of girls and, um, you know, I really, you know, exposed myself and opened myself up to a lot of things. So I just saw the weirdest stuff go on in my DMs, <laughs> but honestly, like, none of it means anything because, um, we're here now. And like, you know, all of that really toughened me up to get to where I'm at with Kiki. And I don't regret a thing. I think everything from good to bad that's happened up until this point has really, um, shed light on who Kiki is in the community now. And she is separate from me and people will be like, how's Kiki doing? (laughs) (laughs) I just think that's so funny. And um, I'm just really grateful for all of the people who like have been uplifting during that, during the whole thing. It's been really cool. That's super sick. And I like to hear that. And you're right. There's not many, I know for, for board apes, the only two women that I know that actually I've seen rock their board ape are you and uh, my friend Hawkward. Besides those two, there's not many, Mm -hmm. there's not many women in the space that I've seen represent them. And I know that it's hard in this space, especially back then it was reckless um people and it's i talked about this with mike mongo it's very easy to hide behind twitter and say these things to a woman a man anyone a human and 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 not have to face any repercussion because these these men would not walk up to you in person and and speak like this i I sure hope they wouldn't but i love that that kiki has a story i didn't know kiki has such a such a cool story behind her um that makes me want to pick up one of the covers uh so you did win and you know y'all like you said you won by landslide and you were on the cover uh it was you tropo some other people um i can't even remember who all was on there but what was it like yeah schiller yeah schiller um it was a really cool it was a cool experience um you know, because this is like uncharted territory, a lot of um, what we expected to happen didn't happen. And a lot of like, cool things happened too. And like, you know, it was just like this roller coaster of emotions. I think the biggest thing to remember during this time is like, we went from, hey, you're elite apes, and you're going to make a cameo in this issue to, hey, all of a sudden, you're like in an Adidas, like comic book um, done by Pixel Vault. And Although it's not like what we agreed to do, like who's going to really be upset that, you know, they're in this historic piece of NFT that's really like 
you know, propelling NFTs forward because I feel like, first of all, this is the first time where licensing was quite a pretty penny. I mean, it, it wasn't like we made peanuts on this deal. Like, you know, it was a really hefty deal for us. And on top of that, it was exposure with like Normie world, Adidas culture. Um, and then on top of that, it's like, you suddenly have this like community of people. So I have 750 covers, but then I also have like my Kiki merch people. So, you know, in NFT, I have like maybe 1200 team Kiki people. Right. And then the countless people who support and do stuff with us. So the cover, a lot of people don't actually know this, the cover, um, I've token gated for many, many opportunities for them. Um, if you own a cover, you can go into the Pixel Vault channel. And I just have like this week alone, I think I did like four giveaways or something like that or Damn. four ALs. Um, yeah. So, you know, I try to keep up with that as much as I can, because first of all, like these are the people that really supported me and took me to the next level in NFT, you know? So I really do like work hard to keep them, you know, rewarded in that way. And I'm not saying that because AL isn't everything, right? Like, I don't think that they should expect like other elite apes to do that. I enjoy that. And if opportunities come my way, like I will do that for them. Um, But I do, I am looking into a lot of stuff right now, like, you know, how to utilize these NFTs in real life. Like I would love for my Kiki supporters, the people who have the covers to walk up to like yogurt land or like Menchie's and be like, get 15% off. You know, That'd like, be awesome. so these are the types of things that's what I'm working on right now, like uh, along with the other stuff. But, right. <laughs> you know, for me, like the in real world utility is the thing that's really going to take that to the next step. So that's that's what I'm like focused on. I like that. And I like the for one, I, I respect and applaud you as a businesswoman because you're always making the next step to try to give back. And I like that you don't use it as a selling point. You're not constantly making tweets like, oh, yeah, you know, if you go buy my cover, then, you know, I'm doing allow list all the time did for, you know, you're not out there doing that. It's just something that comes with it, something that you're giving back for the ones that do genuinely support you. And they're like, damn, not only am I supporting Swicky because I genuinely like her, she's giving back to us a lot. That's crazy. And it just it makes you it's a genuine connection. I love that. And I mean, there's tons of things that we can talk about because you've been in this space. I feel like you're a figure that's not only made a lot of the correct moves. You've connected yourself with a lot of people in this space. You know, we've mentioned Ding, we've mentioned BAYC, you know, and and people that have been around in this space or like, I guess, study this space. These are, these are great names. You know, Economist has been here for a long time. Franklin, I also met him in the ghost discord. (laughs) He is (laughs) a funny guy. He was on the podcast when he was Mr. 40 Apes um like episode seven yeah and now he's like 20 apes more you know very very good trader very funny guy but um you know you also did another great thing and i believe this was co-founded with your husband peter and if i'm wrong please correct me uh but the nft ba i know you said you love basketball that is like something that i absolutely enjoy of course being here in kentucky uh all we have is college basketball so there's that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the NFTBA is, can you speak on what that is and what made you want to start that? Yeah. So actually, um, at the very first, because Pete and I, my partner, um, 
So at the very beginning, BAYC gave out grants to people. Um, they gave out, they were like five grand. So of course, real estates want a grant. That's how we were able to build our sandbox metaverse. Place. I love that. And name. then Josh Ong, yeah, <laughs> real estate. <laughs> um, and then Josh Ong also won a grant. So his his grant was so that he could travel from city to city and throw a board eight meetup. Wow. Well, his was the first board eight meetup ever. Um, <laughs> there's it, the picture's been circulating like the last couple weeks. I don't know why people started liking it again, but. Um, you know, here we are in Venice. It's, it's Josh. Um, it's me. It's like all, a lot of the LA apes and, um, Peter and Josh really hit it off and they started talking about, cause Peter has played tournaments his whole life. He's always been a baller and he's like, I would really like to throw like a three on three or a five on five. And Josh was like, well, let's make it happen. And so <laughs> literally like July 30th, 2021, they decided we're going to like, you know, uh, create a basketball tournament. So they partnered up with Jasmine Maeda, who's the CEO of round 21 who made the, um, BYC basketball. Um, and they created NFTBA. So they're, they're the co-founders. And, um, I was like in the background, like, of course I'm willing to support, do whatever it takes. Um, so, you know, from the time that we had the first event in Venice, so that was July. And then we had the event in October. And so Peter and I do most of the planning because of course, everybody else has like kids, their real life to attend. So, um, we did October Venice, uh, we did New York open gym. Then we did Miami like two weeks later. So within three months we had like four locations down, uh, sorry, three locations down and then had in March the next year, Venice, then, uh, New York again in June that you, so it was just like, just started like going. And, um, Peter was really, really immaculate in his planning. Just, he's very meticulous and I am like very meticulous when it comes to events. <laughs> so I feel like it was just like a really good team, in that way for us to like plan these types of stuff, types of events. And, um, of course, Josh and Jasmine, you know, always contribute as well. So, um, I think maybe early this year, like in February or, or, um, January. Oh yeah. It was for my birthday. He was like, I actually, uh, have been talking to the founders and, you know, we discussed you being a co-owner because you've done so much work on this that, you know, maybe that's a role that you would like to take. And I just was like, so floored and so excited because I see NFT BA as strictly like just a community thing that we enjoy to running. We don't make any money off of it. All of the money that we have that we charge for the players goes right back in for photographers, videographers, the event, you know, all of this stuff, we pay ourselves back because, you know, we're fronting the USD money. So yeah. So for us, it's like, as long as we just break even, then we're going to continue to do it. And then the response from the community has been really positive and overwhelming in the sense that like people have been really generous with all of the, um, like the three point contest NFTs, you know, at first it was like a goat's there was like, um, star catchers when star catchers was like at its peak, you know, like people have been super generous giving us so many prizes and, um, 
I just really appreciate when everybody comes together in their plane because you can see it on the court that they're just like so happy to be outside and chilling with their friends and playing ball. And it's just been like one of the most rewarding things that I've done in NFT. The fact that you're totally transparent about the fact that you're not making money on it. If that's not giving back to the NFT community as like as genuine as it can be, I don't know what is. Um, that's that's beautiful. I mean, for me, I'm 26 years old. I can tell you for the last 10 years, some of the most fun times I've ever had in my life is going with my friends and playing basketball and just being with my friends. Yeah. Sometimes it's not even about being good. It's just being with the people you care about. Uh, I can tell you every time that I've right. seen NFTBA, I've been like, damn, why am I not close enough to go <laughs> play in that damn thing? I want to play in it so bad. Yeah, come join us. I'm try- I'm, man, every time I see it, I'm just like, dude, I love basketball. You know, like I said, big basketball state. So I saw you did that. And I mean, that's just another another part of you giving back to the community. You being another, I guess, builder. I mean, you're always building something. And I know that you have projects yourself, right? Because um, I saw in your bio that you were the founder of Space Dust uh, HQ. I don't mm-hmm. So, um can you, yep. can you talk to us a little bit about that? What it's like being a founder? Um, and did you, because we spoke about this on another episode, most people or the people that have done it correctly usually don't jump into a project right away. And I don't believe that you jumped into this right away. You've had a history in the NFT space. Then you decided to start an NF, uh, a NFT project. So what was the thought process behind that? And can you walk us through why you wanted to become a founder? Yeah, um, I think my situation is a little bit different, of course, than, you know, most project founders, because a lot of them are very brave and they go into 10Ks or they go into like, you know, NFT tools or, you know, big things that require a lot of like community maintenance, you know, and for me, um, in May of 2021, I started my first art collection called the Moonbeam Collection. And by the way, there are none for sale on secondary. <laughs> it's like, I just checked the other day and I was like shocked. Um, but what, so I'm a lucid dreamer and um, my lucid dreams always like begin a certain way. And then I go out to space. And so this whole collection is based on that. And I think that really spoke to a lot of people, first of all, because most of us are like, you know, empaths are like really like empathetic, sympathetic people here in the space. So we have this like certain like psychic quality to us almost, but we're also insomniacs type thing. (laughs) So I think like this whole collection really spoke to them. And the first person to buy it was Mike Lazar and Mike Lazar was in the ghost discord. And Mike Lazar has since become like this crazy, amazing whale. And he totally deserves it because he's really worked hard for everything that he's done so far here. And, um, it was just really humbling to like have him buy two of my pieces. And then once he bought two of my pieces, it just kind of like domino effect happened. And I think I did my last Moonbeam piece maybe like six, six or seven months ago. And the reason why is because I'm starting to go into VR now with them. Um, so that's kind of how that started. And I, like never really considered myself a visual artist necessarily, although I did go to school at USC for film. Um, so, you know, I did like stints at Sundance. I worked at Catalyst, um, Ashton Kutcher's network for a while. So, 
you know, I did like things here and there, uh, but ultimately I decided that like, wasn't really what I wanted to do with my life. Um, and I just had amassed like years and years worth of film photography. And so after I started doing the moonbeam stuff, I put out like four or five collections and most of them sold out. And then I was like, okay, like there's an opportunity here, <laughs> you know? Um, so with Kiki, I decided to hit up D, who has been in the fashion industry for like 20, 30 years. Um, he was like Fairfax District, LA, like, you know, paved the way for like Supreme, Bobby Hundreds, all those guys. Um, and, you know, in some cases we're in cohorts together. So he's already done all the brand stuff. And I'm like, hey, like, do you want to do a fashion line with me and my board ape? And to my absolute shock, he said yes. So we did a line of eight items and it went really well. We did like a whole pre-sale on them. And I was like, you know, now I want to do like either a billboard or like, he's like, why don't you do like some street art? He's like, I know the founder of NASA crew, which at the time didn't hit me. Like I was uneducated in like graffiti, right? <laughs> I was like, who's rich? You know, you know, the, the $64 million question. So he just like really opened my mind to art and the art world, like in real life. And when I talked to him, we just really vibed and he like took me to this community space. And as we're like, they're spray painting, these kids come up and they claim NASA crew. And uh, I was like, oh, claiming NASA crew, huh? And then one of the guys is like, well, there's the founder. And they're like, oh, actually, actually, no, no, no. We're like not NASA crew, but we really like NASA crew. And just like the interaction and they got like his autograph and then people would stop by to see like what was going on. And so like that act in itself just became like this other community event where people were like, what is BAYC? What is an NFT? You know, um, I think at least two or three kids from that time onboarded. So like they're now artists in NFT. And when all of our like collaborations are coming to an end, we were like, well, is this really the end? <laughs> um, and then we decided that it wasn't like we all have a similar mission, which is to bring NFTs into real life and vice versa. Like we want to bring their expertise of their real world and how the fashion and uh, streetwear world, graffiti world work into NFT as well as the opposite. You know, I, I onboarded them. I have carefully crafted how we launched all of their projects with Space Dust. And I just think it's extremely important. And it was extremely important for them to come in in a way that, you know, wasn't sudden and abrupt and seemed like they just wanted to be here for, you know, their one solo project and bounce. Like they had already been here with me and BYC and, they already kind of connected with the community and they really love how, how um, much of the oh, wild west it is here. <laughs> and they love how the gatekeeping is kind of minimum here. So um, we decided to do Space Dust and Peter really led the charge for us to really be artists here and him take care of like, you know, a lot of the business ends of things or like as far as like strategies, like we all get together and we just really vibe. And like, I mean, we like go anywhere from like smoking weed to like talking about conspiracy theories <laughs> <laughs> and then going down like internet rabbit holes and being like, Oh my God, didn't we just say that keyword? And we're like, we're high, <laughs> you know, to like, you know, okay, we're going to like launch our first, 
you know, uh, art show at quantum. And it's just been like one year and one week after we formed, we were at quantum and we were just like, how the fuck did we get here? (laughs) Um, but it's just been a lot of people, you know, here that have really just believed in us and, um, not going to lie, a lot of hard work, a lot of sleepless nights, I'm sure you remember the early days where we barely slept. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Them days were terrible. There were days where you were, I mean, yeah. I was staying up. That's where I think I started sleeping on the floor. Like, and that sounds so funny yeah. to say, but like, <laughs> I I was at one point sleeping so close to my computer. It's, it's like almost embarrassing to say. And my girlfriend would be like, what are you? I'm like, you don't understand. Like, me being from the bed to the computer versus me being next to the computer. I said, them little couple of seconds are going to matter. I was like, it's really different. It does. It matters. And it's, and it's funny because, you know, you've done things like California Chronicles, Moonbeam Collection. I've, I've looked into your, into your, to your little portfolio. You know, you've done not only photography, you know, you did say that you've done the visual, uh, visual artist. Um, how many collections do you have total? Oh, I think I have like 16 collections now or something like that. Um, yeah, it's been it's been wild. Like I actually didn't count until a couple of days ago. And I just was like, I might even have more <laughs> like across platforms. I'm not sure. But in each case, it's like, you know, I'm not trying to dilute what I've got going on. Like I've stopped minting so much um, on the con- on the quantum contract. Like I you know, like decided, like, these are, these are the amount of photos that I'm going to have in this collection. But for me, like to be on a quantum contract was like a really big deal as an artist, because I just like almost never thought as a photographer that I'd make it to that, you know, and super chief has also been like super instrumental and really super supportive, um, of everything. So I just really like, I just didn't think this like place is so wild. Like we were sleeping on the floor like a year ago because we didn't want to miss like, (laughs) you know, that one thing. And now it's like, like we're, we're like, I hate to say OGs because there were people here like before us that were doing punks and all that. But I feel like we really, we really rode the wave of the next thing you know and I just think that we're just like so incredibly lucky (laughs) no definitely lucky and I I tell everyone every time like I I definitely never thought that this was a space of like who was the most intelligent you know it was never about who had the deeper pockets even because even there was at times you could have bought 30 of one project versus one BAYC and and one of those would have trumped one of those would have trumped that and it's obviously the BAYC so I mean it's it's really crazy not only how far we've come but the connections you can make in this space. I mean, it's it's so yeah. crazy who's coming into the space now. But you look at, at a year ago, it was just the same people. Everyone was friends. You could, you know, people knew who Dingling was and Franklin. If you said a name, everyone knew it. You know, it was it's really crazy. Now you mentioned some of these names. Some people, I mean, oh my goodness, Franklin now Mr. Sixty Apes. Yeah, yeah, they don't understand before. Yeah. You know, they were really great people, and I mean, they still are, but. Um, it's been fun. It's been fun. I would still call us the OGs just cause I mean, we were there when it was the start of the community building. I mean, there were punks, I yeah. guess I'll leave the clubhouse era to the clubhouse kids. I wasn't there for that one. Yeah. Um, but I do want <laughs> to, you know, either. we, we speak about quantum 
a couple times. Can you can you tell us exactly what Quantum is? Uh, I know you just recently did something with them uh, in real life, and I thought it was so cool that, and I hope I don't get this name wrong, there are either one or two amazing women in the Cool Cats community that have used their Cool Cat IP for, I, it's like something in tonic. I don't want to get it. Oh, Cat and Tonic. Cat yes. and Tonic. Yes, ma'am. Um, yeah. I saw that they were even there. And it's so cool because yes. throughout this whole interview, I've really picked up that you are trying to help other people with the platforms that you've built yourself and the platforms that you've been given. You've always tried to uplift other artists, regardless who it is. Um, and you always give back to those that supported you. So to circle back, can we speak on what Quantum is, um, what you did there recently, and just how you've been helping people? Yeah, sure. Um, Quantum is a really interesting um, NFT. I don't know what to call it. It's not necessarily a project. It's um, you know, an artist space, I would call it. Quantum began because Justin Aversano, who is a photographer for Twin Flames, is who's the CEO, by the way, um, you know, his photography really took off. And the reason why is because, first of all, it's beautiful photography, but also because there's a really always great story behind his photography. So his Twin Flames, of course, were about twins. And um, it told this short story about the connection between all these twins and then the photograph to match. So I think the other day when I talked about his floor, which I don't typically talk about, but just to give people an idea, it was like at 77 ETH floor. And I think it was that week the most expensive floor of any NFT that existed. (laughs) So for, you know, like, Um, that was getting bought, you know, and actively traded, not just like sitting at floor value, but like actively trading. So uh, that really changed a lot for photography. And um, Quantum decided, um, it's him and a couple other people, and they decided to open up a brick and mortar in Santa Monica on the promenade. And that's not cheap. No. You know, so you can imagine like, yeah, so you can imagine like how much money um, their curated drops, you know, they've got different tiers of photography drops brought in. And it's a beautiful space. Um, it's got all the updated tech that you could possibly imagine. And what really drew us, Space Dust, to Quantum was the fact that they had uh, created this tech where you could basically like swipe with a credit card and uh, create a custodial wallet, which is exactly like Dapper uh, or, you know, Top Shot. So, For us, we were like, well, we really want to throw our first art exhibit. And, you know, they were really into our concept. They loved our show. So we decided to um, invite mostly people that were normies, (laughs) friends and family who had never been exposed to NFT before because this was a really super easy way to onboard them. Um, And then, of course, like the education aspect of like, when you get home, you have to write down your seed phrase and all that afterwards, of course, still applies. So anybody who uses quantum in that way should always keep that in mind, which we did. Um, but we had 300 RSVPs, I want to say about 200 people in and out revolving. And we onboarded probably about 30 people, new people, statistically speaking, like that's pretty awesome. <laughs> Because, you know, you've got all of these new people who had never really been exposed to NFTs before and then really got to understand, like, 
okay, I swipe, I do the QR code, it goes into my wallet. Now I have to write the seed phrase. Oh, by the way, also I can transfer that to my OpenSea. So in all the technical senses, like that was really the partnership that we were looking for. Artistically, this is the first time that Dee and Rich have shown their own art pieces, their own personal pieces before. And on top of that, um, you know, we did the mural for Kiki, we did the ghosts collab, and now Rich's mural, which is also like a foursquare of his NFTs that um, came into Quantum, exists on the patio wall at Quantum. So, you know, if you buy his NFTs, like they're the exact replica of what you would see in real life. Um, so it was really super special to like see them finally have a moment because they've really worked not in the shadows, but I mean, these are guys who like Jay-Z and Kanye have worn their clothing and their sunglasses and their designs and they never got their laurels. They never, you know, were recognized for the amazing artists, textile artists that they are. And I just really saw this as an opportunity to really honor them because they're from LA this place is in LA. I wanted their friends and family to come. And um, in my own photography capsule for the show, I used Rich's fashion line that he repurposed in like the 90s and Y2K to create, to like recreate like 90s Y2K magazines. And then his son was one of my models. So it was like this crazy, like <laughs> generational like thing. And I called his series Skywalker oh, wow. for obvious reasons. Yeah. You know, so it, to me, like, it just kind of like, I don't know, like unfolded in this way. And I, it wasn't on purpose, but I just, I do feel like once you're like on your right path, as I'm sure, you know, like all of these things kind of just come together. So the quantum show was like one year and one week, uh, since the date that we had created space to us. And I told them within one year, we're going to have an art show. And I was like, guys, I was a week late, but it still happened. Right. Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's just been, it's just been wild. Like I'm so happy to see them here and I think they've got like tons of stuff up their sleeves. So I'm excited to bring that into reality as well. I would, I, I don't think people understand like the, the magnitude that this is because let me go on record for saying, uh, even though we are in a horrible market condition right now, you know, we have, we're seeing a lot of like shit posters, stuff like that. You know, you have a, you have amazing people doing jobs like, like Shillin and Frank and all of them, but you want to talk about number one in the space. Aversano is probably the last time I checked on inspect and all that good stuff. Yeah. These, these funny people on Twitter are, are number one, but you want to talk about the number one, uh, I would probably say artist in the space is, is Aversano. Um, not only with yeah. Twin Flames, he's literally built the highest floor on a collection that's actively trading. You talk about names like Eversano, Tyler Hobbs, Snowfro. Mm -hmm. um, them are the same names that are synonymous with Beeple um, and, and the the real top. That's what I would consider the top, top tier of, of NFTs. So for you to be with Eversano, with Quantum, that is huge. So congratulations on that. I greatly applaud you. And that's what I mean by, you know, you're a great businesswoman and you've done very good from the start, from real estates to the, the plots and the BAYC, <laughs> the top shot. It's been amazing. And before I, I transition over to the five questions that I ask everyone, is there, is there anything 
that you would like to mention, anything that I'm forgetting, or anyone that you would just like to shout out and thank um, throughout this journey that you've been in NFTs and Web3? Yeah, I mean, like, going a little bit back to, like, the the Lady Apes, um, you know, the fun part is that there are so many women apes out there, like Sarah Stargirl, um, Nini, um, Vera, you know, like, there are tons of lady apes doing, like, really crazy, amazing things, but they're just, like, not as on the algorithm as, you know, other people. I probably post, like, way too much. <laughs> so I might be, like, you know, coming up a little bit more. Um, but, like, that's just because... I've got a lot going on and, and I just really like connecting with people and, you know, not just them, but I mean, there's just like tons of people doing really big things that are even in, in quiet, you know, especially like tech stuff that is really going to like take us much farther. And I just really appreciate them. Um, I really feel like the tech aspect of it has kind of gotten a little bit lost with like, you know, all of like the ship posting, all of like, you know, the events, the this, the that, you know, and I just feel like, um, you know, one day we're going to wake up and we're going to be like, holy shit, like, where did this like tech thing come from? Like, even like, I don't know if this actually happened. I've yet to read it, but I got excited when I read it, you know, um, that platform that was trying to take away creator royalties. I think Tyler Hobbs wrote them out of the contract, or that's what I was like gleaning today. And I'm like, this is the kind of stuff like creators are going to start being smarter about things. Like if you're going to cut my royalties, then I'm just going to cut you off from, you know, you selling my shit at all. And it's like, that's yeah. And that's kind of like the stuff that I'm like looking forward to as well. Like not just the art, not just the community, but the tech where we could like preserve ourselves as artists, as creators, you know, you like, you know, if somebody steals, you know, a portion of your music or your podcast and tries to place it somewhere else, like Mm -hmm. the code will tell it no, you know, these are like important things. So for me, like, that's where I'm at. And I'm just thankful to you too, that you even care about anything that I'm saying. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) I think, I think that's the, the common misconception in this space is that like people just feel like, if you're not the number one shit poster or you're not the number one of whatever it is, then you're really, you have no use. And I mean, the, the podcast, the whole thing behind that is, is to help people learn about the others in the space that are doing great things. Like people might not even, hopefully there's at least one person that listens to this and there's like, yo, I didn't know Swicky before this. I definitely need to go look into that. Or I didn't know about the NFTBA or, or space dust or none of that. So hopefully someone can listen to it. And it's so crazy. You talk about the technology because, um, that definitely sounds like something that's realistic and that Tyler Hobbs would do. And for those that don't know, Tyler Hobbs is (laughs) is the face behind Fidenza. Um, but it's just like, we had someone on here, a project called the worm and their whole, um, thing is you kind of, morally you send it to each other and you're not supposed to keep oh, it. Oh yes, yes, I remember well, that. Well someone yeah. kept it and they were able to write yeah. to go back to the code, call the code to where it took the picture off the NFT. So now that person just has a blank yeah. NFT, no picture, no nothing. So imagine if you know in, nowhere. Yeah, in, in the future <laughs> if someone was to still Kiki or something, B A Y C could just be like, you might have stole it, but there ain't no picture there. We're taking it off. That's just crazy right. technology. Right. That, that's just nuts. So 
anyone listening, definitely listen. I mean, look into Swicky. Look at what she's doing. She's given a lot of people a platform. Oh, she's a very kind woman, very humble, and a great businesswoman. Um, I want to jump over into the five questions. Um, a couple of them are easy. A couple sure. of them are hard. Number one is always a little <laughs> difficult, but easy. Uh, what is the most important thing to you in your life? The most important to me, hands down, is my family. There's nothing that comes close. There's nothing I wouldn't do. Um, Web3 is great. NFTs are great. But if my family needed me, I'd leave it all behind in one heartbeat. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I've said it time and time again yeah. that it's it's fun here. I've met amazing people, connections that I hope I, I have forever. But if, if at any time we were going down or, or something really happened and all the NFTs needed to go then they're going. There ain't nothing stopping they're me. Gone. Yeah, they're yeah. <laughs> they're gone. It's it's that simple. Uh number 2 would be what is an obstacle that you have overcome that has helped you get to where you are today and that can be in the real world or web3. Definitely. Um an obstacle that I've overcome, I think I'm going to go with probably like um self-confidence. I really had a lot of problems with my self-confidence. Um and a lot of it, I think, had to do with, you know, comparing myself and being a crazy perfectionist. I, I call my co- myself a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> um, and, you know, a lot of it were things that happened to me externally, but a lot of it is just like stuff within yourself that, you know, you have to face or you have to kind of come to terms with. And what is that saying? They always say, like, the only way out is through. And um, I feel like doing that work and not running away from it has really made me a much better, more generous, kinder person. And, um, you know, like, I just think that there's times where people have to really sit with themselves and be bored and like figure out like within themselves, like what it what they need to do to like level up. And I think without that, like, I definitely wouldn't have gotten as far as I am right now with Kiki. So that's you're speaking right to me i had the and i still do have the biggest problem of like i would always find myself comparing my success to someone else's and i just had to learn Mm -hmm. like yo not everyone has the same road not everyone is born the same way uh there's going to be people that are far more successful than you and you're going to be far more successful than other people that's just the way that life goes uh and i'm only 26 so i'm definitely trying to like grasp that and understand it. Uh, but it's still rough for me, but I, I applaud you greatly for, for saying that. I know that is some people won't even, won't even come out and, and speak on things like that. So I greatly applaud you for that. Um, number three would be when a <laughs> little easier, when you leave the house to go out, what are at least three necessities that you have to bring with you? Um, now, of course, uh, most people say phone and wallet. Is there anything special or specific that you bring with you or you just keep it classy, simple? I always bring my chapstick. My chapstick is always with me. (laughs) Um, If I can, I'll always bring my dog with me. (laughs) Okay. What kind of dog is it? Um, Yeah. Uh, She's, oh, you can't see her. She's back here. She's um, a Staffy German Husky mix. Oh, wow. Yeah. She's really pretty. And she's such a sweet, gentle dog. And honestly, like, I grew up with a lot of dogs. My uncle is a canine cop. Um, he just like always had like dogs around too, like, you know, um, and I never had my own. This is the first time that my, my life really allowed for it. And she's just so sweet and has made me much more social, like in real life. (laughs) Hell yeah. So yeah. Yeah. A third thing. I don't know. I mean, I guess 
a third thing. I always bring my water bottle with me too. So those are the three like necessities. (laughs) Perfect. I've always thought about switching that question around because some people are just like, dude, what? Like, I don't, nothing. Like just my keys, man. I don't know. Um, But no, I I love the dog. I love Huskies for one. We've always been a pit bull family just because they're so, so beautiful. Um, But my friend had three Huskies and man, and it's funny because it's like, I don't know if it's like they can't bark or they're like, different with barking but like it's so funny when they just sit around the house and howl and stuff and it would drive him crazy but I would laugh so much um four would be what is one thing that you want to do before you get too old one thing that I want to do before oh okay that one's easy for me I want to see the northern lights the northern I've never seen the northern lights Okay, now I'm going to say. And I want to see it because of all the moonbeams, like, you know, having all these dreams. In fact, when, like, NASA came out with, like, that telescope and all the pictures, people were tripping out. They're like, we've never seen these pictures before. And they were, like, comparing some of, like, the moonbeams to it. (laughs) And I was like, I've been there before, I swear it. (laughs) (laughs) So whenever, like, I'm going to sound so, oh, so, so idiotic saying this. Can you remind me where the Northern Lights are or where we would need to go to see the Northern Lights? Yeah, um, you know, somewhere like um, Norway, um, you know, way up north. Okay. Way up north where like the Aurora Borealis. Come on, yeah. come on now, Sniper. It's the Northern Lights. You got to think North. Okay. Yeah, I should, I should see that. I mean, the... you can see them from multiple places. Right, actually. right. I think you could see them from like Alaska, uh, like um, Iceland. Iceland, yeah, Iceland, Norway, yeah. That's me smoking too much, not realizing that uh, the northern lights are in the <laughs> north. Come on now. Um, <laughs> but for the last question, um, if I gave you 200 ETH, but it had to be spent oh, on shit. NFTs, and this is good because you are someone who knows plenty of collections, plenty of people, and you have been in this space long enough to see many come and go. So if I, give, if I gave you 200 ETH and it had to be spent on NFTs, only and you couldn't keep any extra what are some big what are some big purchases or plays that you would make (laughs) okay um i have to just disclaim this by saying i would definitely buy more board apes (laughs) or the yuga system because um i feel like they're just a really solid team um i know that's kind of cheating but if it weren't board apes at all um, this is a hard question because <laughs> I've been actually mulling over this lately because I'm like, what are the things that are like worth it right now? Exactly. Um, and I only really, I really feel like something like, um, uh, what is that? The, I actually had the art, the art of seasons and I sold it, but I would probably definitely buy back into that. I would definitely start making like really expensive art purchases. Oh, yes. <laughs> I would definitely want to pick up a Fidenza. I don't even know if they're under 200. But nobody says that's something that. that Literally, you know, nobody ever said. They're always like, oh, yeah. I'd pick up some cool cats. I'd pick up some doodles. I'm like, yo, what about no. like some twin flames no. or like something crazy that's actually worth 100 ETH that whenever you pick it up, it's still going to sell for 100 ETH. No one ever says Fidenza or ever sign out. Nobody. So it's crazy to hear you say Fidenza. I think it's important because like someday, you know, all of those institutions are going to be back in our like, you know, wallets trying to like buy them. And it's not just to flip either, but like literally those are like pieces of history. Yes. Like, cool, <laughs> so, like you know, cool cats me, aren't going to yeah. be in a museum. Like I, I love them to death, but like these generative 
I should say generative projects. Let me not just call anyone out because I love my cool cats. You know, I truly believe that, you know, we go into the MoMA, we go into the Guggenheim. It is going to be people like Eversano, Tyler Hobbs, um, Snowfro. It's going to be people like that. It's not going to be the 10,000 profile pictures. And if it is randomly one of them, it's going to be, right. you know, one of the legendaries or one of ones that's, you know, very slim to none that sold for 50, 60 ETH. So, but, and, and right. let me say too, someone might've said Fidenza before this. So if anyone listens back to previous, like you're a liar, <laughs> I apologize, but yes, that's crazy. But you know, what's so funny. My first inkling when you asked me that was more to be like, I would take that $200 and give it to like Kenny Baden and Tyler Hobbs to see what they could do with it <laughs> instead of me like buying something, you know, that's smart. <laughs> I never thought about like, yeah. Putting it into someone that does already make some absolutely crazy art. I can only imagine being like, hey, Hobbs, I got 150 ETH for you. What could what can you make with that? What could do you possibly something. do? Yeah. Like that's your <laughs> that's your base that base set. So let's see what you can make. I think he would come out. Siobhan Wong. Yeah, like I know. Do you know Siobhan Wong? I don't. Who is that? She makes... So, okay. I have one of her pieces. So she's also a quantum digital artist. She creates 3D models and she did this crazy, crazy project. I'm just shocked. Nobody (laughs) like... I mean, it got like a lot of press, but then like not really after that. Her friend, Lene, took actual photographs. And then Siobhan came in and 3D modeled the face of her and... Uh, Siobhan and Lene's faces from when they were younger to create all of these scenes so it was like what's real what isn't and so it's like a backdrop photograph but then it's this little girl in different scenes and I think um I want to say Singapore if I'm wrong it might be Hong Kong um but one of those cities and uh just dropped this like 3D child face into these photographs and it's super hyper realistic and it just like blows my mind every time I see it. So like, these are the types of artists I'd be like, Hey, like I got 200 ETH. What can we do with this? <laughs> like, what can we make with this? And that's what so. people don't understand. I mean, that uh, I did lose you on video, but that it's fine. Um, it's, it's crazy. The amount of artists that are out here and that are building things like that. And people really just don't either know, or they they see it yeah. and just keep walking. It's like, dude, if you could only understand some of the crazy amount of talent that's really out here, you'd go you'd yeah. go and buy it. And it's not even about from a flipping aspect. It's like you know, you say you're here that you love art. Here it is. You know, go go pick up the great art that we have. Yeah. But I mean, Swicky, we've went for an hour, and I've been. It's been such an honor to be able to <laughs> to speak with you. Uh, I want to be respectful of your time. So that's been the five questions. Um, it's been an amazing talk. Uh, stick around with me after this because I do got some stuff to tell you. But other than that, I would say that this is amazing. Is there anything that you want to leave with today? I just really want to thank you for, you know, even giving me the time. I am so grateful to you. And I know that, you know, a bunch of my friends and, you know, that just warms my heart because I know we're like, leading down the same paths. So thank you so much. No, thank you so much. And I I hope that I can continue to be a a great builder like yourself, because that's the whole reason of this podcast is to help others and hopefully continue to push other artists and and people in this space doing great things. So everyone listening, I thank you so much. It's been another great week, another great 
guest. And uh, we'll continue to have these every week. And hopefully we are coming up on the one year anniversary. So thank you so much, everyone. And we will be seeing you next week. Peace out.